0: When you know the box, it's a lot easier to think outside of it. And that's something I say that to clients in every meeting and every screening and everything.
1: Hi, I'm Joel Pilger, and you're listening to episode 75 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. Today my guest is Justin Barnes at Versus, and our topic is getting outside the box.
0: Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. This is the conversation between creative leaders and consultants, discussing what it really takes to run a thriving creative business.
1: Hello, it's Joel and greetings from New York City. Yes, I'm back again. It's good to be back in New York, as always. I am today being joined by Mr. Justin Barnes. Now, Justin leads Versus, a studio here in Manhattan. Justin was kind enough to come down to... Midtown and meet me at Buttons, my favorite studio here, audio house, kind enough to let us sit down and use their facility to record a podcast. Again, thank you, Rich and team at Buttons for being such gracious hosts. Now, Justin is the executive creative director and founding partner of Versus. Versus has several partners. Uh, He's the founder. Uh, He and his wife uh, are partners in the business as well as several other individuals, but Justin is one of my favorite people. When I come to New York, he was, he's one of these people that i love to see. I was here two weeks ago and uh, we had dinner and over dinner with him and his partner, Rob, uh, not only did we have a great conversation and drink, I have no idea how many Montenegro's (laughs) after dinner, I lost count at maybe nine or 12 or something. But we we agreed um, that we should have Justin on the podcast. He was kind enough at the end of dinner, after picking my brain uh, for several hours, he said, man, how can I help you? And I said, dude, come be on the Rev Thinking Podcast. And he said, absolutely, just say when. And this is that session. So we sit down to talk about Versus and his journey. This is like another in our Profile of the Creative Entrepreneur series. And I love Justin's story because I think a lot of, Owners out there wonder what's it like running a shop right in the heart of Manhattan? Is it easier? Is it harder? Is it more intense? Is it more expensive? Uh, I know I've always heard this familiar narrative from studios outside New York that they love to say, oh, well, we're not in New York where you have to pay New York prices and you have to deal with all of this, that, and the other. But I I not only asked Justin about those questions is that true? But more importantly, what are the advantages? for being based right in Manhattan. And he shares quite candidly his perspective on what makes versus tick, his philosophy for how he runs his business and how he operates as a creative. And I'm, I'm always thankful when I have a creative entrepreneur on the show that is so willing to be honest and open and share his or her thoughts about what makes him tick, but also what makes his business successful. I'm calling this episode uh, Getting Outside the Box because there's a phrase that Justin uses quite often in the episode about this whole, in order to get outside the box, you have to do certain things. And I thought it's a really great uh, title for this episode because it even describes the way he and his business partners do business. All right, that's enough of my introduction. I'm going to let the conversation between me and Justin uh, tell the rest of the story. So enjoy this conversation between me and Justin Barnes. Dude, when when did Versus get started?
0: I started Versus with uh, our managing director, Samantha, about six years ago now. And were you guys together at the time? We were, yeah. So we um, we were running this sort of big motion graphics VFX company that I helped start with a really big edit house. Um, and we were running that, I was doing like the creative and the art director for the whole thing. And she was running sort of the office, the day to day and and managing sort of the business. Um, and it was attached to an edit house, which of course has all of its problems, but I eventually got us fired from there and my entire team. (laughs) Which was great. So wait, not just you, not just Samantha,
1: but other people were fired because it, of your actions. It was run
0: so <laughs> poorly, and it was it was embarrassing, and just the level of experience of the people running, and I think were just not there. I don't know. So the clients started reaching out to sort of me directly, and I wasn't like stealing the work, but I guess maybe they thought that I was. Okay. So sure. one so one day they were just sort of like, "You're fired." They fired the entire team behind me and then Samantha right behind there. And then we all just went to the bar across the street. And it was like, ah, we're out. Thank God.
1: <laughs> and the, and, and so when, when was the actual genesis of Versus? Was it in that at, at
0: that bar? Well, how right. it started from there was it was like, all right, what do we do now? And I'm like, well, I can freelance anywhere. So I made like three calls and the next day I was freelancing. So I freelanced around for a few months and always sort of kept that idea in the back of my head. Like, you know, I'd love to start something and do it right. And the more I freelanced at these bigger studios, the more it became apparent that I needed to do it right. Like just seeing how they were run was—it was unbelievable, to be honest. Okay, no, that's that's an, that's actually a really interesting story because
1: I've heard many many times over, the freelancer who has an idea and a notion of maybe starting a shop of his or her own someday, yeah. and through freelancing for different shops, they come a, they they develop an opinion called wow, if I did it, now that I see how this place is run, you know, no offense, I would do it totally differently. I would do it this way instead of that way. Right. And then they start to get this uh, this drive called, I think I should do this. Is that part of... Kind of it, what I'm hearing?
0: It, it is. Yeah, but I think you have to do it for the right reasons. Just saying like I can do it better and I want to keep the money is definitely not the right reasons. I think <laughs> for me the right reasons were like to be honest, I mean it's it sounds crazy, but they were like more client focused. Like I would feel bad for the clients having to sort of like deal with just this sort of inefficiency and people not caring about their jobs and producers rolling over and just getting started or new artists coming in and trying to pick up the pieces for a job and i was like wow you know these clients aren't really being served and it's a shame because the creative is not being served ever on these jobs and i'm seeing good ideas go out the window and i'm se- or not just being like fulfilled to like what they truly could be um and no one just sort of pushing the limits of the creative because you know they're only there for a little bit or they don't care or they're jaded i would see in other studios artists not being allowed to talk to each other like there's an artists on the, uh, advertising side and CG is not allowed to talk to the guys working on broadcast and motion graphics blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and just a lot of that, like everything was sort of just set up in its own sort of little area and it wasn't collaborative. I know you hate that word and I do too, but like, it, it wasn't like a team working towards like one goal of making really great work and really making the client happy and building a partnership. So I, you know, I worked at this one place and I said like this is crazy that they wanted me to come in and be the creative director. I thought like, you know, it's a great opportunity, but I'm gonna go out and do it myself. And that's where the name versus comes from. We're versus that entire model right there. And, you know, it's a name, it's our statement is what we say. Really that statements to, you know, clients, to the industry and you know, to ourselves, to promise to ourselves. And We're, what are the two what are the two sides
1: of like what versus what?
0: I mean, we're versus this old sort of model of like, you know, we're bottom line is ahead of like the creative, the top creative, we say. I mean, it's it's just versus this inefficient model of like, I don't know, it's hard to describe just things not working the right way. Of just like old people. school versus new school, the old it's way old school versus, versus, the, new versus way. the new way. But I mean, it, it goes deeper than that. I mean, yeah. for us, it's really about you know a team effort where everyone's involved from the beginning we never pitch an idea we're not an agency where we pitch an idea and then like oh the idea is sold through we just shot it let's find an editor like our editors they're from the beginning from the concept of the idea like all the way through for so is the directors so are the art directors the writers the creatives everyone everyone's from start to finish the exact same team and i think that's the most important thing you can do for a creative idea is just not bringing other people here and there and try and like fill the gaps because. You know, you've got a bottom line to hit.
1: Well, that, yeah, I mean, we'll probably get into that later because operating that way, it in some ways is less efficient, right? Like, it's there's a cost to it. True. But but yeah, the, well, good point. Yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I mean, it, that's um, but everything's trade offs, right? In business, um, and I think there's some some distinct advantages that you've realized by working that way. But before we before we get into that, I'm curious to hear when the when the moment came that you and your partners. Um, and we should list off who those partners are. What was that defining moment of Was it was it was it uh, as as Tim and I always ask Was
0: it fame Was it fortune Was it freedom <laughs> Well, so yeah, to going back. So Samantha and I started uh, the company, and we literally had no clients. We had nothing. We rented a space in this really budget WeWork It was like a Canal Street version of a WeWork that we found. It was even cheaper. We shared the desk together um, in a huge room full of all these people, and we sort of just sat there and I was like alright well now what now what we do so we're like well let's get a phone so we went to the Verizon store got like a little tiny the cheapest stuff phone they had and got our business number lined up which we still have to this day um, and then brought it there and I was like alright I guess I'm going to start reaching out to people that I know and start like telling them what I'm doing blah 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 and then I did and sort of Samantha started like running because she handles all the business side of everything. She started running projections on numbers. And I was like, you're getting ahead of yourself, but whatever to do it. <laughs> right. um, God bless her. Like, yeah, do that or like nothing. Um, so she was doing research like on clients and like in doing numbers and getting all the sort of business aspect of everything running. I'm reaching out to clients and we started getting work. I mean, I remember people would call the cell phone and I would put on like sounds of the office on YouTube So it sounded like we were like a legit place. Really? I love that. Um, (laughs) That's fantastic. And I may or may have not grabbed some photos from like some other studio overseas and put them on the website to make it look like we had a bigger space. I don't know. You know, it was all sort of projecting this image that we were bigger. The mother of invention. Yeah. It's like this because I knew we could handle the work and do the work. I just, you know, convincing other people that we're not just two people sitting at a desk. And it's so, would say, can we come by the office? And I'm like, no, 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 we're, we're too busy. We're, I'll come to you. Right, right, of course. Uh, so from there, we got a, a couple of clients. And I was like, oh, so literally in about two months, we moved to a bigger office, which was like on the floor above, a little more private. And then three months later, they kicked us out like right at Christmas because some big company wanted to come in and take over that space plus the other one. So January. So you, when you
1: say kicked out, you mean basically kicked out. You have out. to leave next week. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: So we wow. said, oh wow, okay. So we packed up everything, um, brought it home, which wasn't everything is two computers and like a few other things, and then uh, found another space and were there for a few years, not not years, months, and then moved to another space that we were at for like a year and a half. And 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 you are located. Uh, where now and now so from there we started doing a lot of work in the space that we were at before we right now which was on Broadway in 20th and We started like really doing a lot of work and really building a lot of momentum and I think there got to a point when we sort of like you're you're in the seven figures and it's like a Year and I'm doing most of the work. We have a few freelancers and it's just two people running It was I mean it was 23 hours a day. It was unbelievable, but you know, we loved it, and we were really, really, really going for it. Um, it just got to a point where I'm like, we're looking at each other like, there's no way we can do this. I mean, we really can't, like, and just keep this growing. If it grows any bigger, we're just going to – we'll die.
1: So I'm curious <laughs> to unpack the little word you said right there, that you were saying, despite working 23 out of 24 hours in a day, we loved it.
0: Yeah. Why did oh, you – why? It. Why did you love it? I still love it. it. I, I, yeah. All I wanted do was work. It's like <laughs> my – you know, it's – on my off days, I just, like, make things and try and be creative and be inspired. And I think that's kind of crucial, something that you you make more than just your job or your business. Like, this is, like, my life. It's my it's my everything. It's sort of, you know, just being creative and making things. So for me, it's not work when it's, like, you know, we would work all day and talk to clients and, and work on some of the jobs and maybe have a session here and there. And then at night, we would just work on the other stuff, like work on you know the other projects that we would just sort of schedule in, in a way that I could like do a night shift for myself. And I still do that to this day, but I mean, I, I like that. I love it. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it got to a point where, like, okay, it's a little too crazy. It's too tough to manage. I mean, it's there's a lot to running a business. You know, you start a business because you want to be creative, and then all you do is the business part of it, and the creative starts to go away. And that's when I think you got to say, okay, Now I have to reevaluate and I need to be able to stay on the creative side. What can we do? Yes. So we brought in, you know, we, we talked about bringing in some partners and I think our decision in that was a partners over hires was I I really can't ask someone to do what I'm doing here without giving them a piece of the pie. And that's still true to this day. I mean, what I would want to ask them from somebody is like your entire life into the company and like that's, that's it. So I know that's a lot to ask, and it sounds crazy, but, you know, that's the only way to do it. And how many partners are now? So we brought in two partners, Rob Myers um, and John Levy. Both came from the same, uh, the same company. And they were, Rob Myers was the EP running the whole com- part of the company, and John was the head of the sales for running the company. So it was a, they've already worked together. I've known them. Um, it was a, sort of a perfect fit to kind of bring both of them in and we did, and we brought them in, and just said, like, here's what we're doing, here's what we're about, here's you know what I want to do, and they were like, yeah, this is exactly what we want to do as well. And we did, and we they came in, and we started growing, and we you know a year later we moved to a bigger space, and that was not for any reason, but the, there was just more work. We weren't just sort of saying like, new partners, let's do a million dollar build that. We've never been that way. We're very, very organic and grow very slow um, on right. purpose, so we have a really solid foundation. In other and, words, you're bu-
1: building with cash, not with debt.
0: Yeah, we've, we've never had uh, debt in the company ever once, mm-hmm. um, and we never will. And we only operate on just what we have. We don't, like, go out and take big loans because we're, we're taking a big chance. We, we're very smart about sort of how we do it.
1: I'm kind of curious to, he- to hear your thoughts on this because I've definitely known through the decades um, a lot of facilities that have come and gone, especially here in New York. And we've all heard the expression, oh, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And I've always resisted that. And, and of course, I don't ever encourage my clients to build it and they will come. And I hear that in you as well, that you have this, this, I think, intention of if we just hustle and we got and win jobs and we get busy, we'll build it as we go rather than, oh, let's go out and take on some big debt and make some thing that the market – hopefully needs, um, that you've just been able to actually figure it out as you go? Yeah. is that Has that been your mentality?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you do need sort of a nice office space, I think, that is important. I used to think it wasn't that important, but now that we have one, I think it is for the clients and to sort of to project your image when they walk in there. This is like a nice place and it's real, but it doesn't need to be much. I mean, we'd only have two sort of big added suites or Color of Flame, whatever they're going to be that day. And then an area for everyone to work in client area. But, like, that's all you kind of really need. I think, you know, we set out to be a company of 13 people. Rob, John, and myself talked about when we were sort of saying, where do we want to be? And that's where we are. I mean, we hover around that number. We build up for projects. We go down when it's a little bit slower. But to us, that we don't really want to be any bigger than that. You don't need to be. It becomes, I think you start to lose money and you lose focus when you get too big.
1: And just having the space, and by the way, your space is really cool. It's like it's it's kind of what exactly I would do as well. So yeah. every time I walk in, I'm like, ah, oh, this fits like a glove. Um, is there are most people in the industry that are not in a major city like New York would, like you said, say, oh, we don't really need a space that's nice for for clients and so forth because they really don't have clients visiting very frequently. Why is that different in in your world? Is that because of the types of clients you work with or is it New York or?
0: I I think it's because we work with such a variety of clients. We have agencies come into our office that don't have an office and they're doing really well and they have a bunch of clients and they just use sort of our office. For us, you know, we need a place that we can invite clients to and then that that space honestly reflects a little bit of who we are as well, and why we like built it out in a really nice way, and make it feel just really energetic. I think it's because that's who we are, and it's a reflection on us. You know, I don't. Y- you can do it without a space for sure, but when you want to get to the next level, which is like you, you need to have sort of a nicer space. I think, you know, I don't I don't know what that level is. It's you know th- four up from where I was, but I don't know now. Or, yeah. Yeah, it's um, different.
1: It's diff- different for everybody. Yeah, but I can definitely put on like my client hat and walk into your space, and there is a certain, you know, what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it. You you look like who you say you are.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Like
1: there's a consistency of of when I'm because when I look at versus online, I look at the work and the people and the the clients and all that sort of stuff. I say, oh wow, these these guys look really legit incredible really high level and then when i walk into your space it sort of makes sense yeah and i like i like that there's not a dichotomy there and if i was a client that would create more confidence like i'm in the right place yeah these these are the guys
0: (laughs) you know you know it's interesting that i learned when you're running a business is you start looking at the people you hire very differently so when i would walk into a place like uh like an audio house or a color house or something like that, like the vibe that I got there would be a big like sort of impact on me if I were to be returning there, to be honest. And so I started thinking like, well, what's going to happen when client walks into our space and I want them to be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a cool space. I want to come back here.
1: And what what is the vibe that you strive, you strove to, to, to create when you,
0: I think th- a a place to just come in, feel really comfortable, and then like just get to work and 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 be in a space that inspires you. Like I, you know, it's important to be inspired. Like with everything that you have, everything you're doing, all the time. I think so. I think our 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 place is inspiring in a way. Like they see everyone like like hustling and running around and talking and working together, um, and they're a part of it. You know, we don't want to like separate them. We're not throwing them away in the back for client services and all of that. It's like. You're up there with us, and let's mm-hmm, work together.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So when when you brought on the other uh, two partners, mm-hmm. that was obviously a big moment. Yeah. And you said that that you you guys were all very aligned. You're very much on the same page. Uh, and and what I'm hearing from your story, you know, I always use these words fame and fortune and freedom. Again, I almost have to unpack uh, fortune. Just means let's 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 benefit from the let's be reward ourselves with our work, unlike having just having a job where that's a very different situation yeah um fame is more one of i want to build a reputation mm-hmm. you know i want to create a name and stand for something and so forth out there uh and then freedom is hey i want to live life on my own terms and yeah. do things my way yeah well,
0: uh, two out of three is not bad but. yeah i was gonna say was it was it a combination of <laughs> it was of all three of those in it, some way i don't know you know what it was honestly for me it was i was real i really wanted to to see Versus' potential, like, live up to what it could be. For me, you know, the, the one thing that's like, scares me is not living up to my potential. So it's like Versus, you know, is a part of me. It's a part of Rob. It's a part of John and Samantha. You know, I, it, we needed to bring people in so Versus could live up to its potential. And I think that was it. The money is the money's good, of course. Um, the money was great before they got there as well. Um, but it's, you know, obviously better now. We've, we're growing the business exponentially. But... Money's never been like a really big motivator for me. I know it's such a dumb thing to say because everyone like says that, but to me, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to say because I know you hate this too. Like, keep your head down and just keep working, and the money will come. It's completely not true. You have got to be very smart about how you deal with money in the business. Um, but it's not the top priority for me. The top priority is like almost spite driven. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'll yeah. show everyone like that versus is how everything should be and it's going to be number one and we're going to put everybody out of business and we're going to be the best you know in a nice way what i'm hearing is
1: uh i I caught this turn of a phrase that i really liked that someone once told me you know money is the currency of respect and i thought oh okay so winning the big project the big Mm, budget like that yeah right in a way is dignifying your ability your potential. I like that word. Yeah. And when when you think of it in those terms, you realize, okay, no, it's not about the money, but in a roundabout way, um, it is because the money is what enables every it enables you to realize your full potential.
0: Exactly, and take chances, and you know, go out on a a limb for a creative project or invest in ourselves a little bit more. I think that's that's a big deal. Um, and the fame, sure. I think we're not like you know, I, I think we're not that well known but we could sort of sneak under the radar. And I talked to a few studios like a month ago, and they're like, Versus, I've never heard of it. And I'm like, well, I've heard of your studio, and I know we just took the last two jobs that you were going after. <laughs> you know, like in my head, I'm like, you've definitely heard of us. We took, you know, we won those jobs. I know exactly who you are. And, you know, and I pay attention to everybody out there because they're inspiring me. You know, I don't I don't think I look up to other studios, but I look up to their work um, and who they are. Yeah. You know, I don't mean to be any disrespect to any studios, obviously. They're all amazing, but I think I'm focused on what Versus is doing, and I'm just continually inspired by all the work that's out there.
1: Yeah. Of course. Well, I can remember, when When, when did you come to the, the first uh, cohort dinner that we did? I want to say it was a little over a year ago, maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah, maybe. And I'll never, I'll never
1: forget, because you were on one end of the table, okay, and then there was another Justin... Uh, from Alter Ego, yeah. at the other end of the table. But, yeah, great but guy. For, yeah, but so people can understand this. This table was, what, 25 feet long? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then there's, what, 20 people yeah, yeah. seated around it. And you two guys were going at it. And, of course, you have one of those voices that just totally cuts and <laughs> carries yeah, the room. I'm pa-
0: I'm, you know, it is, and I'm passionate about it, and I think I, I have a really sort of strong opinion on everything, and I know that maybe comes through a little crass, but...
1: Yeah. No, no, it didn't. I think it actually came through great, and I, I actually was very... I always love when people have opinions. Yeah. Right. The, the last thing we need is is another wallflower that just says, "Yeah, whatever." Right. Right. And so when you have a room full of owners, these are all creative entrepreneurs, and you get one or two people that have this really strong opinion. And I think what I loved about you was, we were ha- we were hatching out th- things like legal and contracts and yeah, all this kind of stuff. And you you had this bone to pick with, yeah, but. Yeah. Right? And you really wanted that point of view to be heard. And, of course, Justin had, I think, an opposing view. But it it made for, I would say, good theater.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, totally. And, you know, that's... When do you ever get to do that? That's why that's such an amazing thing, those dinners. Like, there's all these different sort of creative studio owners there. And we're all talking. And it's not, like, a competitive vibe whatsoever. So, it's just... I don't know. Maybe it's just like, there's no, there's nothing like it. So when you get into that moment and you're talking to everybody, it's like, you're juiced up, <laughs> you know, it's, it's passionate. Like, this is my life. This is everything. It's everyone's lives here. Like talking about it, I think shouldn't be just a simple conversation. It should be like yelling and like, it should be everything. Yeah, you know, we, these are our lives. Yeah,
1: That's right. That's right. We We get into it. No, I appreciate you saying that because yeah, certainly the the vibe is not at all uh competitive. And I think too you you recognize in those rooms that okay, sure, I'm here with 20 other people that are ostensibly competitors. Yeah. But for the for the 5% that might be a little awkward as we get to know each other and we spend an evening together, there's 95% of we have so much in common and how do we how can we process and make things better for all of us? Um, and I know you're the kind of guy that you, yeah, totally. you're going to, you know, you, you know, that sharp uh, iron sharpens iron. You're going to, you're going to get in there and be like, Hey, I, I love you, man. Uh, but I'm going to also tomorrow, I'm going to pitch against you and beat your ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're,
0: we're very all in love for sure. Yeah. You no, know, <laughs> no. I mean, that dinner was great. It was a, you know, I was looking around and seeing all the different studios that I've, of course I look up to. And I think that are really great and doing really great work. And they are something to say. It was really cool to meet all those people. The guys from and food who mm-hmm. we just did a job with they killed it on like you know i i finally got to meet them i've always wanted to work with them so that was my intro to call them oh, on this really big project that we just we we're finishing and launching that i'm really proud of um i don't know i like i liked it i liked it a lot it's a really good vibe and it's and it's it's different you know you're not you're there just to talk about like what's affecting all of us and it's also nice to know that you're not alone i think that's a big thing you sort of you feel like you're on this island when you own a studio, and it's like no one can understand. And then when everyone starts sort of saying the same things, you're like, "Okay, this yeah. feels good. Like this, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not alone in this. We're all sort of facing these same things."
1: Well, we all see these facades called websites. Yes, exactly. Right? And we make lots of assumptions um, where you you'll see a project that your competitor has done, and you see how it turned out, and you, you know, you have that competitive thing inside of you because I've been there, and it's like, "Damn it, those bastards!" You know, how did they win that job and totally. how did they get that budget? And then when you actually talk to that owner and you actually unpack that, he might say something to you or she might say something to you like, you know what, be thankful you didn't get that job. Sure, it looks pretty, but that client was terrible. Yeah. Or that, you know, we got screwed on the payments. or I mean, you know, there's all kinds of stories. So these facades that we see almost keep us insulated. And then when we get on a room and we have dinner, we realize, Oh, wow, you're struggling with that, too, and mm-hmm. you're frustrated by that, too, and you're excited about that as well. And and that's always, I think, just really sweet when people get together and realize, hey, there is community here.
0: Totally. No, it's true. I mean, that facade's real. Like, I do say that. I see someone just did work with a client that we just took out to dinner last week, and I'm like, what's going on here? We took that guy out. Why is he not <laughs> bringing that job to yeah, us? Yeah, what the... You know, or just like tons of LinkedIn posts. I'm like, wow, they must be really killing it. You know, it's, you got to put up that facade. Yeah. It's a big part of sort of how we grew versus. Right. We would
1: continue to this day, of course. Right. Yeah. You put the pictures of the uh, European studio up there, right? And people were (laughs) like, how the hell did Justin build that space so fast? Right. Yeah. So Yeah. It got us into trouble once, but (laughs) you know. (laughs) (laughs) I love that story though. Um, Yeah. I I won't, I won't say I've never done the same thing myself. Um, One thing I was curious to hear about was New York. Yeah. Because uh, I, man, I mean, I've loved coming here over the years. Um, when I was running my studio, I would come here to and do business development. Mm-hmm. I always loved being able to come to New York and come home with like a TV promo or rebrand or something like that because, you know, the old, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But you being based here, I, I'm curious, like off the top of your head, do you feel like there's some very obvious pros and cons to being like right here in the city yeah
0: i mean tons of pros of course are just all the agencies are here you know most of them anyway um and it's you know they don't want to go out of their way to do anything in an agency so it's nice when you're close i mean we've gotten work because an agency is only three blocks away strictly based on that Mm -hmm. like oh you're close i can just come over great um, and I think it's just being in that central location. Of course, the energy and all everything that comes with you know living in New York and being in New York and from New York. But which is, by the
1: way, is hard to overstate. Yeah, cause it's like it's it's easy to
0: sort of rattle that off, but that is a it's a huge, huge, huge thing. I mean, there's, if you're not hustling here, you're dead. Cons, of course, being that it's beyond expensive. I mean, the the level of competition here is just insane. I mean, it truly is. It's you know not for the faint of heart. And just everything's tougher in New York. But, you know, I I like that. Like, it's this is New York. I mean, any business is tough here, of course. I think, you know, for a creative studio, just there's a lot of opportunity here that you can't get anywhere else, and just more of it if you know where to look and how to look. That being said, we go out of New York to work a lot. You know, we have a really, really great agency partner that we really love um, in a different city that, you know, we fly them in for the, uh, and put them in a hotel for like finishing and things like that brands that we work with are you know out of out of the city as well our head of sales John he says and I I know I'm gonna like mess up how how to we'll say it but like you know you can't have all your eggs in one basket you have to have little things out here in the broadcast world in the agency world in the brand world in the publisher world in et cetera world in the film world it's like keep putting little pieces all out there and they'll, they'll start firing at different times and and sort of that's how you stay consistent because your agency work's going to be great for a few months, and then it'll die off, and then all of a sudden your broadcast work will pick up. And where's that been for the last few months? Now that's firing off for a little bit. And then some random thing that you had with uh, making a documentary with Susan Sarandon, all of a sudden, like, that's giving you more work from something. It's just, as long as your, your sort of work is all over the place, I think, like, in different locations and different sort of places that it's coming from, like agencies or brands or whatever, I think you can stay consistent and, and be successful at it.
1: Well, I you know, I'm h i am hear in you there's this tenacity and you used the word earlier of I'm terrified to not live up to my potential. Was that yeah, the way you phrased totally. it? Yeah. And man, I can really I, I can very much relate to that myself personally and I can see how that translates in the way that you operate your business and even how you perform as a creative. And and in, in a way I'm also hearing being based in New York, it sounds like that as well that for you, perhaps being based anywhere else in the world would would be a step back from living up to your full potential,
0: yeah, perhaps you know it it does sound nice to sort of go to like a smaller city where there's just a few agencies and you could be the big studio there and just do you know x amount of money and sort of be the king in there, but that's not living up. that's settling, I think you know. Living up to your potential means your best work is always ahead of you, no matter what. And I really think that we are like we're not even close to our best work yet. And I don't even know how to. I would even know if it's my best work. You know, or our best work. So you just keep going until one day you look back and like, did I do it? I have no idea. But you well, know. what I love <laughs> in
1: what you're saying here is right. Is is that you? You're you're a vocal kind of guy, and you're you're quick to speak your mind. But I hear an underlying optimism. Yeah. Like, you're really an optimist in a way. Oh, absolutely. That, that, that you're like, hey, my best work, my best years, they're all ahead of
0: me. Yeah, it is. It is. And the opportunities are just so plenty right now. They're crazy. I mean, I see them everywhere. And I think that's what maybe what separates us. You know, when I hear agencies bringing work in-house, I, I love that. I love hearing that because, you know, agencies start an in in-house production for one reason only, bottom line you know we start production because we love the craft because we understand it you know and because we're doing it differently that's why I know that I will always win over that that's why I know that it's not going to work for you and that's why I know your creatives hate going to your in-house place <laughs> they hate it and the people hate working there and we it's what's crazy is we work with a few in-house agencies that just bring the work to us well
1: yeah and I can I can already imagine why yeah but let's 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 uh let's call it what it is i have yet to ever hear of anyone bringing work creative in-house because we can do it so much better than anyone else right if we bring it in-house
0: so true and you know we we are doing it our production and creative are all built into one for the right reasons and those right reasons are to serve the idea better we are connected from the beginning. You'll never see anyone in an agency with an in house agent with an in house production studio sort of go into the production studio and like, Hey, grab the editor who's freelancing here for the next two weeks and bring him in to the creative process and let's work on this together. Never. It's completely separated and it and it's its own thing. Right. And it comes with all of its own problems and inefficiencies and, you know, holding companies and this and that and all the things that agencies sort of struggle with to make work. And inexperience is another big one I think they have in Sort of in house agencies, a lot of like the top talent knows that it's just a factory in there and they're just going to grind you out and they don't go there. Well, I I do, but that being said, I do believe there is a place for production in in house. I think it's for this sort of day to day, maybe it's for the pitching work for here and there, just the sort of things that need to get done. I just don't think it's a solution for doing great work. And if I ran a huge agency with a big holding company, I would look at things very differently and I would say, Instead of starting an in-house production, why don't we make really close partnerships with five or six ones that all offer something differently and then we work together throughout these years to make really great work. And I think they would find way more efficient like money in there and like better work you know, in places that their creatives can really sort of want to work with. Well, when you think of uh, the reason
1: that someone might say, let's create an in-house creative services department or something. And often the real the real thing that's trying to be someone's after is efficiency Yeah, in some level. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded of, uh, something Blair and said to me, uh, on an earlier podcast when he, he and I were talking about this trend as well. And he said, efficiency is the enemy of innovation because innovation is inherently wasteful. Mm-hmm. Right. Because to innovate, you have to try, you have to explore, you have to, Say what about this? What about this? What about this? Totally, that's really the opposite of efficiency. Efficiency says this is the answer; just go make it, and you're, and and shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's great. No, that's very interesting.
1: And so, so when you go out of house, uh, I think maybe it, it helps clients to recognize we're going out of house not for efficiency, for innovation. Yeah, and if if and if we go to a shop like versus those people, they're going to do something. They're going to innovate. They're going to do something different that we well, couldn't do We'll show ourselves.
0: you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll show you what you didn't even know was possible because we understand the entire process better than anybody of how to get it done. You know, I always say when you know the box, it's a lot easier to think outside of it. And when you're starting, you know, with that production and creative in mind as one, you you know the box and you can just rip the walls off it and push it and go farther than anybody on it. Agencies or brands come to us and say, like, what's possible with this budget? I say, all right, then no problem. I can show you like unlimited possibilities with this budget, you know, like because we're thinking of that idea plus that production as one. I think that's like really important and I'm fumbling through it, but it, I mean really, it's I, I think it's important to think about execution and ideation as one thing because they really go together and you start to understand like ideas that you didn't even know you could have because you're starting to understand how things are made or why they're made or where you can save time and where you can save money and where it's best to sort of put all your creative energy here because you can do something else here, whatever whatever it is. Now, what was the line about the box? I got, I got to borrow that well, one. That is so good. Because when you, when you know the box, it's a lot easier to think outside of it. And that's something I say that to clients in every meeting and every screening and everything like – you know, we, we understand the limitations of your job, and I love having limitations on jobs. You know, I said it in an interview with Shutterstock once, like, you know, if you had, your budget has $5 million and access to Kanye, of course you're going to come up with some crazy idea, but you've got hundred grand and you need to have that same feeling, and you have two weeks to do it. Like, let's see how good of a creative you are now. That's what separates a good creative from a great creative, is knowing, like, how to think outside of that box within these, like, limitations. You know, limitations are great. Everyone hates the job where they say, well, we don't know what to do. What should we do? Everyone, everyone wants that little nugget, that little something to work towards. And if that little something just happens to be budget, great, let's let's work from there.
1: Yeah, my worst my worst project I was ever given in college as an industrial designer was design whatever you want.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was a curse. It was the worst. Um, or you're at a studio and like, all right, guys, we have like a down week coming in. Let's do a project for the like an internal project for the studio. Right. Everyone looks around at each other and we're like, all right, let's put a pin in this. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, we'll think about something a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's a box. Here's a box that I would, if, if
1: I was, if I had just met you, I would make an assumption. Oh, versus you're right here in Manhattan. You probably do a ton of agency work. Sure, you do some broadcast work for for TV networks and so forth. Um, but that, w- that would be your bread and butter. And that's where the line would end. Yeah. Okay. But you guys, at some point, started working brand direct. Mm-hmm. Which to me is very, very interesting because that takes way more intention.
0: Yeah, we do a lot of brand work. We do, yeah, we do a lot of work directly with brands and it's great work and it's, you know, really fulfilling and really, you know, there's a, there's a lot to own creatively in there. And I think it, it works. We do a lot of work with agencies. I love working with agencies. I love working with creative people. Um And to be honest, agencies do a lot of the heavy lifting before you get there. And working with a brand requires a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of lead and time that I think a lot of people don't understand.
1: Um, So, well, that's why I admire, right? All that intention I talk about is you don't wake up one day and do a a pitch to an agency and win a spot. And then the next day, oh, now I'm going to go work for brand X. Right. It's just a very different conversation, it's a very different sales cycle and so forth. It takes a lot of intention. Was that something like when you and your partners came together and said, Hey, we're all on the same page, was that even part of the equation? Like, hey, let's
0: Yeah, it, yeah, a big part. I think, you know, and one thing I think is interesting too when John and Rob are coming in John was sort of looking at the work, and we had done work with Vanity Fair. We actually branded Vanity Fair for all of their motion work, and that's something that hasn't been done before in the publishing world. And John's like, I've been thinking a lot about publishers as well. This is very interesting. So we had like a big sort of initiative to push into the publisher world, and we were the only ones doing it, and we did, and we rebranded people, Entertainment Weekly, um, In Style, Essence. We did work f- for Hearst. A lot of work were there. Of course, the Vanity Fair thing, Washington Post as well, we rebranded. All that kind of work to bring these publishers into sort of this digital-first sort of motion world. Mm. And we show them, like, yes, we get your brand is here, but let us show you how to build a package and how to rebrand and how to re- really do this uh, for you to be a content-first sort of company. And, you know, from there, we even launched uh, the People TV, which is like People's OTT network. We helped them launch and brand that to a big news organization that we're now branding as well and like showing and like bringing them along so like it's that thinking and then from there it's like okay cool the publisher world is good it's stalled out a little bit you know it's they're figuring themselves out it's a tough business to be in then we sort of started focusing energy on like what else is out there and then brands of course i mean it's you know it's really no secret that the brands are really tired of the inefficiencies from agencies um and they'll always have their place of course but i think we're seeing brands reach out to us directly and just say like you know, we're on a per-project basis. Let's let's work on projects together. And we love that. You know, it'd be great to get an AOR, of course, of a brand. But to be honest, I don't think we want that headache. It's That's a lot of work to maintain. Um, and I think you start to become dependent and sucked into that AOR world. And your studio starts to become a little bit something different than you sort of set out to be. You know, we like the per-project sort of world with brands. Yeah, there's a hustle
1: that never goes away, right, yeah. on a per-project basis, Um, I think in a way that, that dream of the AOR and the big retainer, um, is really our human crave for certainty.
0: It is. It, you know, I'm glad you said that. Like, I think every studio out there is just wanting that certainty so bad. And there is absolutely none. And I think a good point sort of inverses that I was able to sort of let that go was a really big moment for me as like a studio owner and as a creative, like, Next year is going to be a start over. We're going to hit the button and we're going to start right over. Every month is a start over. And if you start realizing that and loving that and accepting that the uncertainty is what's so great about this, then you're going to really start looking at things differently. Like l- Embrace that. Embrace that you have no idea where your next work is coming from because that will keep you hustling well, for
1: you, sure. You and I both have this impish grin on our faces because I, I think it was maybe over dinner uh, a couple weeks ago when we were in our 20th Montenegro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about this idea of being comfortable with being uncomfortable.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? Um, and there is there is a certain magic and I, and I think this is maybe and I hear this as your encouragement maybe to even your peers and in the industry out there that don't if if you if you do if you trade the tradeoffs that come with that certainty might kill in effect the golden goose yeah like in your case it sounds like that ability to every year every month hit that reset button and say okay it starts over it feels like we're starting from scratch and as much as I don't like that. It it does create this hunger, this appetite, this energy. Absolutely. How like how else are you going to get that energy?
0: Yeah, you know, and it's obviously it's not a complete reset. The the relationships that we've built are really really strong and very long lasting relationships, and you know we have true partners. Not we're not just clients or vendors. We're we're true partners to to everyone we work with, and we've never had just a one off with with anyone. So we know that you know, we have some sort of stability in the clients that we have, but we never depend on that ever. We don't depend on anything, just ourselves. Yeah. That's
1: it. Yeah. All right, so when you look into the future, some of the stuff you were saying about publishing, I couldn't help but wonder, wait, are you talking about broadcast? <laughs> broadcast, yeah. Right? So but... we do
0: broadcast. And, you know, it's I don't come from the broadcast world. John and Rob do. So it it, it was kind of new to me when we were, like, talking about, when we came in and we get a project, I'd be like, "What do they? What do they want this for? Like, what do you mean we're gonna take their brand package and we gotta create these morticism? I'm like, What is all this? What is this shit? <laughs> and I had no idea. Like, I just, just don't come from that world. It's right. um, an
1: elevator and a bumper and but, a tune in and a exactly and a snipe and a
0: which is exciting for me because like, oh wow, I think I can bring a different level of thinking to this. Mm-hmm. And I think we did. And I and I love the broadcast work and I love the people that we work with on there. It's it's different and it's. In some ways, it's a little bit more creative work. In other ways, um, it's a little bit more scary when you go to take broadcast meetings, to be honest. Like, well, that's just, just the state of the industry.
1: That's what I'm, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I was, what I was curious about was those similar challenges that you saw come in publishing. Yeah. That those challenges that are also there in, in broadcast. That that industry is, we'll say, the traditional broadcast space is not growing. Right. It's the cheese is moving, or it's being sliced thinner and thinner and thinner, um, and I mean there's still opportunities there, and, and there it's, is, and it's cool and great
0: and, and great opportunities for great work,
1: yeah, and for great work. Um, but the I, I'm guessing that your appetite to look beyond broadcast, look beyond uh, agencies, and to work with to brands is a bit of that what you described that John said hey we gotta we, we gotta be diverse
0: we gotta be diverse yeah, gotta be diverse. yeah exactly and, and you know that's a business move obviously but it's also just you know a, a hunger for great creative and working in different capacities as well um, yeah yeah you you do have to I know the broadcast world is great it's fun to be working in it a little bit and then it's fun to switch over to commercials and then it's fun to switch over for creating a complete campaign from scratch for a brand it, um, has it
1: been a shift because you said John and, and Rob coming from more the the broadcast world is going after brands and having those kinds of conversations. That's obviously been some sort of a transition
0: for them. Yeah, for all of us, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, and an exciting one. You know, Rob, as the EP, just sort of has the big picture on how everything's working and really, you know, dialing us in, making us sort of like, you know, an efficient, really well run, great place to go. And like, and Rob does sales as well. I do a ton of sales and John's obviously the head of sales and does a ton of sales as well. So it's like, you know, so three
1: out of the four partners are in yeah, sales.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Samantha does sales as well, like oh, here and there, she'll, you there know, we go. she'll, she'll reach out to somebody. You, you have to be, you can't just be a creative. You can't just be, you know, a producer. You all, if you're, if you're a part of the company, you have to be going out there and, and bringing in work at, or at least trying, at least getting out there.
1: Yeah, I think uh there's something about being a partner that it sales is obviously such a lifeblood that if I was in partnership with somebody and they said, "Oh, I don't want to ever touch sales, that's not my thing. I'm not I'm not Yeah. That's then. not my thing." I would be questioning, "Well, do do you think this body can can we pump something other than blood through it because last I checked this is the lifeblood of yeah, the company.
0: Or if you're a creative director, is like, I don't really like talking to clients. I just, I, you know, I'm I'm really good at 3D and I come up with great ideas. It's like, yeah, then what use are you? You you, you, need, you can't sell yourself. You can't get in front of a room with people. You, well, know, you need well, to have all, all of it.
1: One of my mentors, uh, Dan Sullivan, I remember him teaching me, Joel, your future is has nothing to do with you. It's all about other people. And he told me this little example. He said... If you spent the rest of your life on a deserted island, what would you accomplish? And I'm like, well, not much, right? Like I build my little hut and uh, try and eke out an existence. Yeah. He said, your future, every opportunity, everything is dependent on other people. And you start recognizing, oh, right. So when I get up every day, this whole idea of like, oh, I just want to be creative and make my stuff. It's like you're only relevant to the extent that you create value for other people. And that is on some level sales and interacting and collaborating and all that stuff and yeah, i yeah it's who
0: you meet it's who you know you got to get out there you got to meet everybody i you know i printed out uh copies for everybody of that one email you sent about just being out there and <laughs> i sent it to everybody and i'm like you know and i was like guys let, uh, no one should be here during lunch today like let's all go out and like take a lunch meeting like here's oh, wow, a copy look at of this you. Interesting. you know it's like we have to be out there more and i truly believe that like you know I, you You want to be working with big brands? Where are all the, like, CMOs hanging out? Like, go there. Find it out. Be a stalker, in a sense. Like, make it happen. Get that physical, like, introduction with somebody because it's way more than an email will get you. Sure, an email could get you in the door and here and there. It can only go so far, I think. You've really got to be on the scene and be out there more. And it's tough. And I'm guilty of not being out there enough here, you know, as well. But it's tough when you're, like, also so busy that you can't get out there. You know? Like, I don't know. It's it's that trade-off. So...
1: Right. Well, this does lead, it, it does lead to the feast or famine cycle. But I remember you you gave me this one example when we had dinner, of you intentionally went to wherever it was here in Manhattan, knowing that this big cat. I don't know if it was an agency guy or something. Yeah, that I was... walk by
0: the same agency every day on the way to work, and I wait out there fifteen minutes just to like see if, if people I know are going to be walking the door to say hello. Yeah, I do that. Still do that. I, I just I think it's that... out my way, and it's like ten fifteen minutes out of my time, and I know like. Eight people in there that are pretty high up in the agency, and it's it's a nice way to say, "Hey, how you doing?" And then I can follow up with an email. It's that poke, physical poke. But
1: dude, that 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 the fact that you're willing to go to those lengths still, yeah. right? It, it, it's it says something to this this inner drive and tenacity that you have that you think, okay, I'm going to walk this way to the office because I can stop by that office and the odds are really good i'm going to bump into somebody and that little personal interaction is incredibly meaningful yeah i, I just love that well, you're all, it's such
0: and a, in sales you're always looking for just that one way to just say hi you know just like something to be like oh a little nugget just to like kind of just to remind them that you're here and well, i sure. think it's important yeah and that's you know there's nothing has changed from you know the fake we work that we were at till now it's still Straight everyday hustle and still thinking it's on a larger scale, which is nice. And I think we're thinking bigger, which is really great. And have a lot more confidence in sort of what we can do. And um, in the beginning, I knew that we were going to be successful and strong and and really go for it. Um, so I'm not surprised to get to where we are. But now I'm like, uh, I'm thinking way bigger. So when you look into that, but with the same future. size studio,
1: yeah, yeah. So when you look into the future, what gets you? What gets you excited? about where where you're headed? Or is it like, I don't know, I'm just going to get up and hustle every day and and it'll come to me.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, I'm excited about the work. I'm excited to see, like, what work we're going to be doing. You know, that's what excites me is, like, the work, really. Like, you know, I know I talked about our potential, but, like, I'm excited to just seeing how far we can take versus and how much great work we can do. And really importantly to us, how how many great partners can we make, and how can we like help other people and you know keep their jobs and and be proud of the work they're doing as well? The partnerships is a really really big deal to us, and they're 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 very special to us. And the clients that we have are friends that like we have made, and that we like you know they trust in us, and we trust in them, and we work we do work together.
1: Well, it, I mean, again, I hear that that optimism coming out of of where things are going. I also hear in you a certain confidence that you may not have all the answers in terms of oh three years from now I want to be here five years I want to be
0: no we never there right you don't really think that way never
1: but instead you have this confidence of of we've we've seen so much we've done so much and every time the challenges come to us we've risen to meet it yeah and it sounds like you'll do that tomorrow and you'll do it next week and you'll do it next month keep it coming
0: there's nothing we can't handle so you know there's nothing. Um, and I think we position ourselves in a way where if, you know, the economy drops out and we're looking around, I think we're still going to be fine. Um, absolutely. We're, you mean, you'll we're you'll doing figure it out. Smart. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure you'll it out. Adapt, we'll, you'll and, we'll, and we'll see opportunities in that and we'll take them. Well, there's that. There's tons of opportunities in the economy dropping out, by the way, especially for a studio like ours. <laughs> yeah, and what do you mean by that? What, what, cause I mean, we're nimble. People, people would think, oh, no. We're, you know, we're, we're nimble, we're efficient, we're highly creative. I think there's still going to be advertising, there's still going to be a need to do it, and when everyone else gets fired, we're going to be standing there like, yeah, we got you on this, no mm. problem. You know, we don't ever lower our prices, all we do is raise our value. Mm.
1: We don't ever lower prices, we just raise our value. Yeah, that's there's a mentality there that's that's big um, because, yeah, competing based on price is
0: obviously that race to the bottom. Nothing makes me more sad than seeing, like, somebody going out there and doing it for cheap and just killing themselves and making no money on it because they think they're going to get in with this client or that, and they have no idea they're always going to be seen as that to their client as this cheap solution. And you're also devaluing our industry, which I really, really hate. There's a responsibility as, a, as, a, as an owner... Of uh, a creative studio to the industry as well. You can't just be sort of, you know, on your own little world, like taking money where you can get it and kind of pulling it out. You have a responsibility to the industry to maintain standards and to maintain these prices and keep everybody honest. And what's a bummer is a lot of places don't do that, especially the smaller ones that these two, three people shops that sort of start up like, I know, I've got a camera, I go out and do it. Like, I can't believe you're charging 100 grand for that. Like, that's, it used to be 300 grand five years ago. Like, you know, you're saying you can do it for 30. Right. Like, so 30 is now this, the standard. And that's what, just because your worth to yourself is low doesn't mean we have to sort of abide by that as well. And we don't. And we don't compromise. And we're happy to say no to a job that, you know, but we're always happy to say we have a solution for your budget. And that's where the value comes in. Mm-hmm. And that value is based on experience and just our thinking. And that's really important to us. Like, we, we're sort of very forward thinking in what we can offer somebody and, um we we think a little bit more on it
1: well you and i are kindred spirits on that mission because i the years that i ran my studio i the trend was the same right like in a way nothing's changed right everyone likes to say oh budgets are going down and the requirements keep going up and i'm like yeah it sounds like 2002 yeah <laughs> <laughs> right the people that were there felt the same pressures it's, it's the same old same old same old the the thought that i that i like is what you were expressing, and that is, we as creative entrepreneurs, if we do come together, and we do build community, I want to give the younger generation permission to charge what they're worth. Yeah, well said. To to to, to create value and to be rewarded, and that currency of respect we talked about earlier. And I know you, you're 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 the kind of guy that you will get in front of a, a room full of other owners over dinner and just tell it like it is. Yeah and but in a way give every everybody permission like look let's not compete based on price let's compete based on value yeah exactly and what a what a and again that's a very optimistic view i get it there's there's always realities but if we can give the next generation permission to charge the hundred for that project yeah and let's compete on our ideas on our execution on our reputation whatever those things are that that's that's cool because i would much rather see you lose a job to a competitor not based on price right based on something else me too not based on price no
0: me too um yeah me too i i don't mind losing a job um if to a better idea but it is frustrating losing it to just money and that happens a lot
1: yeah yeah
0: you know not to us to be honest we you know we don't we don't tend to lose jobs but i think you know, to give an example, we were up against three other companies from a broadcast company. We were up against three other companies strictly based on price, and they had a set price. It was like $160,000. Mm. And they're like, that's the money they have. So all the bids were the same, but they weren't asking for any creative or anything. And then it went to somebody else. And we were kind of just like, what the hell was that? Like oh we're tri- we're triple bidding in three companies um we have 160 grand that's it so can you send bids so and we go okay do you want to creative I'm like no 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 I'm like well, what are you basing it on he goes, well the bid I like the what? bids the same it was we were all just like looking around like what is this we're scratching our heads like okay I mean you know at that at, at that point you sort of start looking and say are we a check bid are we right you know uh, is this going in house what's what's going on with this job which is a very important thing I think to learn that you can only Do you learn think the they experience. were
1: in in reality they were looking at the portfolios
0: I think they might have been looking at the portfolios but they never that's asked, fine but just which tell, is fine just tell me no that's fine but they when you don't ask for like a, a pared down link because obviously not all of our work is on the site it's sort of like you're judging by the site um which I think you know which is a whole another conversation like what should your site look like and how you know blah blah blah, <laughs> right. but it's just like I don't think there's any right answer to but yeah just a weird you know you come across these weird things I think you know, Rob and myself and John, I think we we have enough experience to know when we're sort of being led down the wrong path. And we always ask, and we are not afraid to ask, who's in this bid? Is this a check bid? What's the actual budget? Is there a favorite going into the career? We ask all these questions up front right away so we know exactly what we're getting into before we jump into it. And if everything seems good and we've got a chance, great. We, you know, recently... Uh, we didn't get invited to pitch for this agency for a project that was, per- like, really per- uh, perfect for us. Like, a big 3D project that we really loved the ideas and there's three people already in it and we just simply asked, can we be the fourth? Like, that's it. Like, you know, it won't cost you anything as a favor to us since we did a job for you and helped you out. Like, you're now your payback favor to us is just put us in as the fourth and we won that job and we knew we were going to without any, like, just complete confidence we were going to win the job and we've been now doing that same job for the last, like, I you know, six, seven projects, and we're tight with the agency. And it's like, when you know you got it, go for it.
1: So you asked to be brought in, and you were
0: the fourth bid, and you won yeah. it, and you won it. Yeah, we asked. We asked. So we we did a job with the agency That's before, so as and we did. It was not a favor job. It was a job that was very challenged, and say we're going to do this. We'll bring the value to this job. Um, but you know, you know that we're this is like a favor in a sense that you'll you'll always a little bit won on this one. And so and we're quick to cash those in, and that cash-in was like for a fourth, and they gave it to us. And now we're like great, great, great partners, and they're some of the greatest people we work with.
1: Well, one thing I want to just put a little asterisk on, because what I heard you say back there about when we go into a proposal, a pitch, what have you, we're not afraid to ask these questions. Yeah. And, man, I love that so much, because you know what I take away from that is, oh, you sound like an expert. Yeah. Like an expert a doctor, for example, is not afraid to ask you, okay, you know what's your height, what's your weight, what's your blood pressure what's your whatever like he's gonna ask questions in order to really understand the situation, diagnose and come up with the most awesome solution. yeah and if a doctor is afraid to ask you questions because he might lose the job <laughs> like I know, well, so do you want to go do you want to go to this guy? but um, I, I think that likewise uh, that I would I wish the industry as, as a whole would embrace that like let's just call clients out
0: you have to, yeah. Let's
1: just ask them point blank. How many people are bidding on this? Who else is bidding? Who are the other companies bidding? And when they start doing this whole, oh, I can't really share that and this, that, and the other, you say, okay, well, we're going to pass on this one. Totally. Um, you know, and it's, you should. It's if our policy if, to, to only w- work with companies that reveal this kind of information and so forth. Like, Yeah.
0: Or if you're like, can I get on a phone with the creatives so we can make our, to put together our treatment? Like, no, no need for that. You know? And it's like, okay, so I can, so there's like, all right, then let's talk about what's really going on here. Right. Um. I, yeah, you've got to sort of learn these like telltale signs, and then just you. You're right. You have to just ask. You have to say, "Okay, so what? One, what's your budget?" And they go, "Well, just just tell us what the no, like no, no. You have a budget in mind. We don't want to limit your creativity, it? Justin. Exactly. <laughs> you need to know that box to think outside of it, right? So, like I said before, like, what's your budget? Now, my treatment is gonna like blow away everybody's because I know how to do this in a better way than anybody else, oh. and that's that's thinking like you know knowing the box and thinking outside. So. It's that, like, you know, obviously, who are the other people that you're bidding against? Is one of them in-house? Great. Is it leaning towards in-house? Yes, a publicist has, like, has to work with uh, their in-house place. Um, P&G almost, like, makes them. So knowing that you're going against their in-house place, what's it going to take to win this? That's what I ask. I go, so what is it going to take to win this? He goes, well, the creatives. It's, the, it's coming down to the creative. And sometimes they say, honestly, it's coming down to the budget at this point. Like, it's up to me. So it's like, okay, great.
1: So helpful to know that information, yeah, in advance rather than guessing.
0: And I actually and love... I ask the creatives too. I go, "What are you guys looking for? It's going to win this." Like, let's just let's let's be honest with each other right away. Like, well, I'm, we're excited to be on it. Like, I and we really really go for it in pitches, and that's why I think we've lost two pitches out of like sixty this year. So it's like we really 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 go for it and like put together like thinking and boards and ideas, and we go sometimes way too far, but. That's why we're so successful at it. But
1: what I like is the work that you've done before the pitch. Like you've done your homework. You've asked the tough questions. Yeah. So in effect, what I hear you doing is let's do our research. Let's not be afraid to ask the tough questions so that when we decide, are we in? We can go all in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, because... You're not guessing. No, because we we go all in. So we want to know that we're doing it for the right reasons. We don't want to like do all this work, and then it's like, oh, really great treatment, and then you don't hear back for, like, two weeks, and it's like, oh, yeah, that ends up going in-house, or, you know, it went to whoever.
1: Here's a line that someone taught me that is a really good one, in case this is, helps you on your your mission as you're talking to clients and they want to be coy and kind of push you off, and, oh, I can't really share that, and I don't want to limit your creativity. The line I like to say is, well, look, obviously we're not in the proposal writing business here. Yeah, like, that's not what we're here to do. Yeah. Because sometimes clients, you feel like they're they're asking you to be like, oh, well, you guys write proposals all the time, right? Right, right. And you're like, no, no, we're a creative studio. In, proposals are like a necessary evil, but they're just a means to an end. Yeah. You know, so.
0: And bids, too. Like, that Rob spends a lot of time on a bid and very carefully thinks about how he's going to do it. And it's like, for this one project that we won, a really big project, but he went through like 30 different iterations of a bid because it was so involved, and another agency got involved, and we're like, it's like, I mean, that in itself is just, that's like a $20,000 job right there, yeah, all that's the work a, you did. Yeah. So, yeah. and then that's, you know, that's, you don't charge for that. I mean, I'd love to be able to, and it happens twice a year that we'll get money for a pitch fee. mm mm-hmm. um, But... Even, even
1: when you get them they're kind of a pittance right
0: yeah five grand or something which yeah. is nice because then you're able to sort of just take all that five grand and just throw it into like making style frames right or something right um, but there's spend no, there's... it all if you're not spending all that five grand then I don't know what you're thinking right like if you get a pitch fee spend every dollar oh and, for sure and make sure. it happen yeah
1: yeah I mean, I mean, usually that's the license to spend double or triple that yeah because you're like well at True. least it's not zero yeah um, yeah no I, that that's a it's, a, it's, it's tough to, to navigate that but Man, you guys obviously have an incredible win ratio, and yeah. I, and I, I mean, I chalk it up to a lot of things, but I really love the fact that you are not afraid to be the expert, to ask the tough questions, to lay the groundwork, so that when you go all in, you know, hey, our odds are really high because we know what we're doing here.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, true. And we share that that brief that comes in with every the whole team as well. Um, it's not just myself and Rob looking at it, like, let's get questions from our art director, from, like, our lead animator, from everybody, from editor to everybody. Let's, like, talk about it together. And that's that's what we do when we really, like, look at it together and say, like, what do you think about this? What ideas, like, what can we bring to this that's different? Um, how long is it going to take? Like, is it worth the money? Like, you know, we talk about everything from just logistics to creative ideas. And I think, you know, that's another reason why we're successful. Um... And I think another main reason is we don't hire um, like interns, and we don't hire anybody except for like senior top level talent. Um, we're not we're not set up to to bring in interns, which bums me out a lot because I came up as an intern, but uh, we're just not set up. So it's like top talent only. That's what you get the best in their field. The, that's it. That's who they are. They're awesome. They're amazing, and you know they are verses. And I thank them every day. Like they are who we're we're only successful because of all the people that work with us.
1: Well, you've got a you've got a killer team. Obviously, building a really strong reputation. I've been having a blast watching from the sidelines, seeing all you guys have accomplished. So I'm. Thanks. Yeah. I'm. uh, I'm proud to call you a friend, and and excited to continue cheering you on. So congrats on everything on the journey so far.
0: Well, thank you, and thanks for, you know, keeping us inspired out there and honest i know, <laughs> it's, keep, I know it's not easy i'll uh,
1: keep those uh those weekly emails coming they, they matter I when promise. i hear, when I hear do. you printing them out i'm like wow yeah I'm, they matter i'm honored
0: or just like the linkedin post of we are a blank studio that's oh my god that one hit hard was, my, my positioning meme yeah your positioning meme i was like i like i like opened up another browser window and looked at our website i was like all right we gotta rethink this like <laughs> meeting next like tomorrow <laughs> like we just got called out. Oh, uh, that's <laughs>
1: awesome. Well thanks, Justin. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com.